going to read from verses 1 to 4. Let us hear God's holy and infallible word. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our title for this morning's message is Reasons to be Heavenly Minded. Reasons to be Heavenly Minded. We live in a time when much of the world acts like this world, this fallen world, is all that there is. That this is the be-all and end-all. People invest everything in it, this fallen world. Today in Northern Ireland, it is seen as more and more backward to be religious or to hope for heaven to come. One survey that I saw recently of adults in Northern Ireland, 20% of them said that they had no religion. Although we are probably behind much of the Western world in its decline, at least morally and in terms of the Christian religion, we are in no doubt we are being influenced by such a decline from the rest of the world. We are no doubt influenced by much of the thinking of the world. Worldly attitudes and ways of thinking, along with worldly problem solving, have crept into the thinking of the church more and more. Again, this is nothing new. This is something that Paul himself in this letter is dealing with, where ideas from the surrounding culture have come in. We are products of our own age, aren't we? Yes, we're different in Christ Jesus. No doubt, if we are in Christ Jesus. But we are influenced by the latest trends. The latest fears far more than we realize. The media has a huge influence over the way we think and how we interact. And we know this. As soon as we see a story of impending doom. And I put doom in 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 quotations because it's usually not accurate. It causes some fear within us. It causes a lack of, of peace. And we often don't realize how much these things influence us. Thankfully we don't have to wonder how we need to deal with such situations. Because we're not the first generation to deal with such things. We're not the first generation where the thinking of the world in its view of wisdom and knowledge has crept in. Colossae was one such church. It was being affected by philosophies, ideologies, and the thoughts of men. And these ideologies and philosophies would bring people away from Christ There seem to have been some attempts, as we know in chapter 2 of Colossians, to blend worldly thinking with biblical thinking. Paul, writing with Timothy, 
needs to remind him that Christ is enough. Christ is enough that in him is all the wisdom they need. And Christ is superior. And by him we test all other philosophies and wisdoms, supposed wisdoms of this world. Paul writes to the Colossians in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 2 before this. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. There's no lacking We don't need to go other places for life and godliness and to know how to live the Christian life. It is important that we test all these philosophies. Some of them can be useful at times, but they need to be tested by God's word. We lack nothing by seeking Christ above all else. We cannot be a blessing to this world, dear friends. If our thinking is just like the world. If our philosophy is just like the world. We must be different. We must be heavenly minded. Seek those things which are above Paul writes. We must be heavenly minded. So this morning let us look at some reasons to be heavenly minded. And we're going to look at four of these reasons That I believe Paul identifies here as reasons to be heavenly minded. The first one we're going to look at here this morning is we are raised. We are raised in Christ. Verse 1. If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. We are raised in Christ. If you are a Christian, then you are raised with Christ. This is not just speaking to the Colossian believers. This is speaking to every believer. Everyone trusting in Jesus Christ as their Lord, their Savior, and their King. Paul is referring back as well to Colossians 2 verse 12. When he talks about how in Him, in Him, That we are raised with him. It says buried with him in baptism. In which you were raised with him. Through faith in the working of God. Raised with him. Paul's argument is. Do not be corrupted. By the supposed wisdom and philosophy of this world. The thinking that will take you away. From Christ. Now there can be at times philosophies and things that can be helpful. I must point this out as well. But they are under the word of God. And they are under the thinking of the word of God. And they are to serve the thinking in the Bible. Not the other way around. And why does Paul argue this way? Not to be corrupted by the thinking of the world and the philosophy of the world. Why? Because... You are complete in him. Nothing is lacking. One of the ways. One of the ways we don't lack anything. Is we are, we are currently at this stage. Today. Resurrected. Raised. With Christ. And I say this now. My dear friends. If you are in Christ. 
You are seated in heavenly places today. He says, how is this possible? Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He wrote this in chapter 2, verse 6 of Ephesians. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is a current and present reality. Because we are in him. We are in union with Christ. We share a spiritual union and oneness with Christ. We have been grafted in to his bride. Part of his body. So when he rose, we rose. When he died, we also died in him. For then you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. This is a reality. Then what should we do as believers in Jesus Christ? Where our greatest life, our greatest source of life, our greatest joy, is it here or is it in heaven? Surely it is in heaven. Surely it is with our Father in heaven. We are to be heavenly minded, which means our minds, our thinking, is to be filled with heavenly thoughts. Jonathan Edwards once put it like this, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Our greatest desire needs to be thinking according to the throne room of heaven. If you have ever moved house, when you move, sometimes mail is uh, sent to the wrong address, isn't it? And you have to tell people, no, 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 we no longer live at that address. We need to... We need to tell people that's not our address anymore. We cannot think of that address as our home any longer. We may miss that place. We may be drawn back to there from time to time. But we cannot think of it as our home. We've left that place. So it is with the world. How many professing believers treat this world as if it is our permanent home how many invest all that they have in this fallen world a world that will be burned up it will be one day renewed but invest little to nothing in the professed home in heaven would it make sense To neglect your true home. And instead go back to a a home you no longer live in. And, And act in such a way as if you still live at that old address. It wouldn't make much sense at all. We need to tell people that this world is not our home. And that this is wonderful. Wonderful. There are programs on television where sometimes the, the, the celebrities and really powerful people, sometimes people will visit their homes. And they'll look at it. It's wonderful, isn't it? This is an amazing place. And people think, oh, wow, I'd love to live there. But we live somewhere far more impressive 
than any of those buildings or any of those things. Those buildings someday will be turned to dust. We are raised, we're part of a a royal family. Did you know? The world is fascinated with the royals and the different things that are happening at the moment with Harry and Meghan and all this kind of thing. But we are part of a royal family which is far more important. Why would that not fill our minds? Why would that not fill our decisions, informer decisions? Not just some of them, but all of them because of what we have, what we possess and what our, what our future holds. We have to learn from God to live in this new home. And not keep our hearts in the old home. When someone moves from one place to another, they might have a different accent. You probably notice I have a different accent. I'm not from here, I'm originally from Cork. But you, you see, someone acts a little bit different when they come from different places. They might have a different understanding of things, slightly different understanding of politics, or whatever the case may be. And they, they, they just stand out. We are not from this world. And the way we act is going to stand out. Hopefully, according to Christ, as pleasing before Christ, we will stand out. Our accent, our, our manners, our things, we're just going to be different. We're, people are just going to think we're a little bit strange. Because this world is not our home. Our ultimate home is in heaven. While we're on earth. But for a little time. Should we not think of heaven. The glories of heaven. The wonders of heaven. Not to be like this fallen world. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above. Not on things on the earth. Not on things on the earth. Because that is naturally what we will do. We need to remind ourselves and fill our minds With things of heaven. So the first reason we looked at. We are raised. We are raised in Christ. The second reason we're going to look at. To be heavenly minded. Is we are released in Christ. We are released in Christ. We are set free. From here. We are set free. Released. It says in verse 3 of Colossians. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. While we're on this earth, well, if this earth is our home, we're slaves. We're slaves to sin. We serve sin. The world, the flesh, and the devil is our taskmaster. That's what it means to live on this earth. That's what it means to have our address as this fallen world. A fallen and a sinful mind cannot be heavenly minded. That mind is at war with God. And that goes right back to Genesis 3.15. There's that enmity since the fall of Adam. 
Romans 8, 7 puts it this way, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. It, it is, this is just the carnal mind. Until it is born again, it is at enmity, it is at war, there is division until that person is born again. The carnal mind serves only the basic elements of this world. It says in Colossians 2.20, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Why as though living in this world, as if this world is your home? And what will happen when we think of this? Worldly philosophies, worldly ways of of thinking about things, they began to go back and they began to go back to the shadows of Christ when the, the reality was far better. They started to go back to the things that appeal to our senses. And that's what was seen in Colossians chapter 2. But now, because you died and your life is hidden with Christ... No longer slaves in this thinking. But now freed to think according to the court of heaven. According to the throne room of God. We are, like the Colossian believers here that Paul writes about, we are freed because we are dead in Christ. We are dead in Christ. We are, we are dead to this fallen world. So we also live in him. We are hid in him. To think like the world. To follow the panic of the world. To follow the modern fear of the world. It does not communicate this release from slavery. You see if if this world is your home. If every reason to panic. Because so often. Governments, they believe they're in control of every situation. And if things run out of control, well, we've not done everything we can do. We have been set free from this cruel, fallen world that is under a curse. If you think of it this way, Recently, there was a very sad case of the evacuation, you could call it, from Afghanistan. And many of the people who tried to get out of Afghanistan before the Americans and the British left, there was a bit of panic and some are still there, sadly. But those who are able to escape, able to come out of there, able to come out of that cruel environment there must be a sense of relief they still have their freedom when people come out of a background of addiction they have to change the way they're thinking no longer serving this substance that controlled their lives be it alcohol or drugs or whatever the thing may be They have to see the damage it does, the slavery it brings, and to think also of the bliss or the freedom of being set free from it. 
This world, even though, yes, it is beautiful, we look around, it is created by God. The heavens declare the glory of God and we should be thankful for the creation. It is wonderful, but it has fallen. It is subject to decay. It is not our home. And we have been set free from this cruel world. The world and its philosophy with its odd, at odds with Christ's wisdom. So what to do in such a situation? Set your mind on what you've been released to do. Set your mind on now what you are free to do. What you have ability now given by God to do. To serve Him. Set free from a cruel oppressive Nation, now citizen of a free country. Freedom to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Does a caged bird want to return to its cage? Not unless it loves its cage. Not unless it loves its captivity. And there is a sense in which fallen man, unless he is born again, loves his captivity. He loves his sin. As strange as that may sound. Are we delighted? Are we rejoicing this morning of our release? Because we are dead in Christ. And we also live in Him. Here is the source of your freedom. The source of your joy. The source of truth. And because you are dead in Christ. There is no going back. There's no retreating. There's there's fleeing from the city of destruction. There's no going back to the city of destruction. And then there's an advancing toward the celestial city. Before you had no protection from the wages of sin. It says in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There was no protection from that. But now our lives are hid in Christ. We've been released from the wages of sin. We've been released from that penalty. Yes, we will taste death in this mortal form. Yes, but at the same time, Christ has had victory over death. And we will live forever in His presence. We are safe. We are protected. We are hid in Christ. It's a wonderful thing. And what happens when we forget these things? These wonderful blessings that we all have. This freedom that we have. What we've been set free from. What we've been released from. We worry. We have anxiety. And we drift from God. And we, we adopt the world's mentality of fixing problems. The world's fears. It has no sense of safety today. That's why there's panic today. No one panics when their bank balance is full. No one panics when the car, the fuel in the car is full. When, when there's plenty of food. or Nobody panics. But people panic when there's uncertainty. People panic when they worry about what the future is going to bring. And then you'll find out and you'll discover what their true God is. The world... Largely serves itself. 
and has every reason to worry about its future. But we are in Christ, one with Him. Why would we be drawn into the panic of the world? We've no reason to be concerned like the world should be concerned. We have everything in Christ Jesus. We are hid in Him. Set your mind on Him. Follow Him. Love Him. The third reason we're going to look at now is we are reborn. So we are raised, we are released, we are reborn in Christ. Verse 3 of Colossians says this, For you died and your life, your life is hidden with Christ. Another reason to be heavenly minded is because of the fact that we are alive. Alive. Yes, we've died in one sense, we have died to the world, this fallen world, but we are alive in Christ. We have life from another source. Jesus said this in John 3.3. 3. He said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born from on high, unless one is born, literally, from, another way of saying it, another way, born from heaven. One must be spiritually alive to see spiritual truth. To see the beauty of Christ. Unless one is alive, you can't use your eyes. Unless one is alive, you cannot hear. Unless one is alive, you cannot feel. You cannot explain fully the beauties of the sunset to a blind man. You can tell them how wonderful it is, but they can't completely appreciate it. Even worse if that person is blind and deaf. Without Christ we are dead. The dead cannot learn. They cannot see. They cannot appreciate the value of truth. And they cannot appreciate Christ. That is the fallen world. But we are reborn. We are alive with Christ. So therefore we should set our minds on where our, our hope, our life comes from. Are you a Christian here today? Have you been born again of the Spirit of God? Jesus said you must be born again. To Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And literally, another way of translating that is, it is necessary to be born again. You must have life or you can't have hope. Have you repented of your sins? Have you turned from them? Your crimes against a holy and a just God and trusted in Christ. And there's either two possibilities. Either we're turning our back on our sin or we're turning our back on God. If you delight in Christ... His law delights you. you, And because of this, we loathe our sin. We hate our sin because we love him. Then, dear friend, you have been reborn. The only way you're going to delight in the law of God is if you've been reborn. You might be struggling with this here this morning. You may be doubting your salvation. But if you delight in the Lord, his, his law delights you. 
and you hate your sin. You're alive in Christ. And he delights in you. The source of that life is Christ. You cannot separate yourself from Christ if you are born again. You are one with him. You are alive with him. Imagine if you're in hospital and you hear you're sick, very seriously sick. And there's a specialist doctor and he has treated people with that problem before. And by listening to this doctor, you can have a cure. But instead you rejected that. That would seem foolish to everybody, wouldn't it? To, because of pride, to sacrifice the life that you could continue to have. But there's an even greater physician. The great physician is our Lord Jesus Christ who heals all who come to him. And not just like no doctor is perfect. No health system is perfect. No medicine is perfect. But all who come to Jesus Christ are healed. Every single last one of them are healed and washed by his blood. There's only one physician and there's only one healing balm in Christ. Wisdom embraces. Heavenly wisdom embraces the great physician. So why would we listen to the wisdom of the world as a test of our Christianity? And that is the danger when things creep in. What men's theories and opinions of the day, they can sound great. But the wisdom which comes from heaven, from the word of the living God. That brings life and it brings true safety. We never outgrow our need for Christ. We never outgrow our dependency on Christ. If we do, if we do think we've come to a point where we've outgrown our dependency on Christ, we must ask ourselves this question. Are we truly alive spiritually? Are we truly born again spiritually? If we're truly alive in Christ, if we're not, then there's no safety. We are doomed. And if that is the case, you are not hid, as Paul writes here, with Christ. You will come defenseless before the throne of grace. Well, not before the throne of grace, before the throne of wrath. In your own sin, naked before the throne of God. And there are the two possibilities, either hid in Christ... Or exposed before heaven with your sin. Then finally number four. We are relying in Christ. We are relying in Christ. So we are raised. We are released. We are reborn. And we are relying in Christ. Verse four of Colossians chapter three. When Christ who is our life appears... Then you also will appear with him in glory. 
when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. We will be with him in glory. Are you trusting in him today? You may not remember the moment you were reborn. You may not know the time you began to believe. You might have been too young to remember the time. But are you believing today? Are you trusting in him today? Are you relying on him today? Then you will be with him in glory. This final reason we're going to look at here this morning. To be heavenly minded. Is that we rely on him. For everything. When Christ who is our life appears. He is our life. Then you will appear with him. In glory. We're looking forward to that day. We, we look to that day. Our future depends on Christ. If we are a Christian. We are reborn in Christ. <clears throat> who is our life. People often invest. <clears throat> Don't they in the future? And it's, it's a good idea. Either in houses, property, some investment for retirement. You're thinking about the future. And you will be relying on how well that investment goes. It's something to think about. As it will determine much of your future. And imagine you have... An incredibly wise friend. He's very, very good at investing. And you're about to invest. You would listen to that person. You would listen to that person. You rely on him because he knows more in this area than you do. And that's wisdom. Does the fallen world understand the future glory they despise? Do they appreciate it? Did they see it? Not at all. They think us being here this morning, worshipping our God, hearing the word of God is absolute foolishness. They're blind to the beauties and the wonders of the glory to come. Many are currently angry at the lack of perfection in this fallen world. They can't understand how there's imperfections in this world. There are more and more protests so that people can, without wisdom, <clears throat> make the world in their own way, according to their own likeness. The world has many views and many things which distract from the truth. Things which sound to some people and many people reasonable. But are contrary to heavenly thinking. We must reject the world's thinking. That is at odds with Christ's thinking. There's, there's going to be a perfect world in the future. It's just not today. Many of these protests. They want a perfect world today. And actually what they think of as a perfect world. Is not really a perfect world. It's a nightmare. But this perfect world is not one that is ruled by them and their desires. It is one ruled by Christ. 
That perfect world is not something that is run by the fallen world, the flesh or the devil. The coming new heavens and a new earth. (coughs) Is run and guided by the wisdom of Christ. Cannot blend the two. The Colossians attempted to blend the two. And in chapter 2 we see much of it. There was... Judaistic legalism going back. There were also some superstition. But you cannot serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Matthew 6.24 For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot be earthly minded and heavenly minded at the same time. You will either hate the one or love the other. Your future, dear friend, depends on Christ. Your future glory depends on Christ. If you rely on him. If you rely on him, your eternal home is with him. He will come again. If you believe in him, if you trust in him, surely, without doubt, he is coming again and you will be with him in glory. Dear friends, one kingdom is doomed. That is the kingdom of the devil. That is the kingdom ruled by the world, the flesh, and the devil. But the other is sure of victory. Where should our mind be this morning? Where is the greater value? This fallen world or our eternal home? Heaven. Where should our minds be? Where is the greater value? Where is the greater riches? By being heavenly minded, dear friends. You may lose small things in this world. But you gain so much more. By filling our minds with heaven. Setting our mind on heaven. We set our mind on the end of the race. We set our mind on the end of suffering. We set our mind on the end of sin. We set our mind on the complete victory to come. Christ has been victorious, but he will be victorious over death. Death will be no more. We set our mind on our eternal home. We set our mind on the glory and the glories to come. Amen.